Marty, why did you play that song today? There must be thousands of love songs. Well, it, it's kind of a love song. All the monsters enjoying each other's company, dancing, holding their evil in check. You played the wrong record, didn't you? Why are you doing this to me? Sorry. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Monster Bash! Oh, wait, that's pinball. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Lillian is in studio today. Hi, Lillian. Hi. Um, here's, here's what's fun about starting that. One... Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Um, two, um, I forgot. I have actually started, I think I started the show off with that song before or reference it because at one point I was obsessed with Monster Bash Pinball. I still am. It's one of my favorite pinball games. Mm. So I went through and tr tried to find the soundboard to it because I just wanted to randomly play songs from it. It apparently took um, too much effort because I'm very lazy. But anyway, mm. as we're listening to that and laughing and doing our, um, our, our mashing dances, which mostly consists of white people uh, fist moving up and down dance. But I recall that, you know, at some point I have opened the show with Welcome to the Monster Bash, <laughs> which I like a yeah. lot. Yeah. So that's been the Alice cast. Uh, I've been Alex. That's been Lillian. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you guys didn't know that little that little skit we did right there, that was from a little show we like to call Capital Critters. Oh, no. The Critic? 
I wish it was the critic. Futurama. Uh, I think it was Family Guy, right? Fam- no, no, it was King of the Hill. No, he was in Bad Ed. Um, Eon Flux, Liquid Television. Uh, the Max. Yogi's Fantastic Treasure Hunt. <laughs> Wacky Races. Out of Ideas. So that was from The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons. You may know them from being um, The Simpsons. They're from Portland. Ish. That was the thing I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Ooh. Well, we've been talking about that in person at bars, but... Um, Have we now? Yeah. Well, uh, since I've been watching like The Simpsons, since I have The Simpsons channel now, and I just watch The Simpsons all the time instead of dealing with my problems. Mm. Um, now, The Simpsons channel, that's the thing you're telling me, like, you can, like, log into your cable thing and all the episodes are there? Is that yeah, the deal? Yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty much Hulu, if Hulu was only The Simpsons. So you have, like, one right. or two commercials, and then you get to watch The Simpsons. I have the first 10 seasons on my other laptop that I got from a completely legal website. Mm-hmm. That was very legal, and I paid money for all of them. Anyway, yeah. please continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, but So I've been watching that, though, and it made me think of, like, this thing I read on the uh, AV Club a long time ago about um, they took Usenet posts from The Simpsons, like, in, I want to say, like, 95 or 96. It was the season where it was, like, uh, Homer going to Deep Space Homer. That yeah. season, like what's considered one of the primo se- seasons, and it was like all these people bitching on Usenet about how oh, this is this is horrible. The oh, Simpsons yeah, yeah. has lost its way, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I used to like kind of think that that was bullshit, but then I was wa- I was rewatching it. And I was watching season three, which is my favorite season. Yeah. And it kind of did a little bit. Like, and it's not that it got worse; it just like changed trajectories around then. It totally did. But here's here's my thing is. I like the trajectory change. I think that first season, it doesn't age well at all. No. It is it is a product of the time, and frankly, I find it unwatchable. And and as much as there's some episodes that I kind of, in my head, I'm like, oh, I love that episode. Season two's the same way. There's some episodes in there that are just, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a great Simpsons episode. Then I'm watching, I'm like, this is garbage on toast. This mm-hmm. is really shitty. And when it starts to get a little weird, about season three, season four, one of those two is my favorite. I'm not really sure which one. Season I'd have three to... is my favorite because I think it balances the bleakness of the first season, the first two seasons. Yeah. Where Homer wasn't like this lovable oaf. He was just kind of an abusive jerk. And like, they, like all of his lovableness kind of stemmed out of like having his awfulness come to this weird head instead yeah. of his buffoonery making it come to a head. Yeah. And it was more about like the the focus of, was about how awful everything was instead of how wacky it was. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty true. And yeah. it's like this intersection of wacky and bleak. Yeah. And when it did lose sight of the bleakness around like season four five. Yeah, which is interesting. See, my, my Simpsons thing goes to about season seven, and then I'll hang out till about ten, and then it kind of. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm basically, if you're a man uh, that was a nerd, and I'm saying a man in this case because I really hope that you had friends in high school, but if you're a man between the ages of, I'm going to say, twenty nine and forty two, you will say you like seasons one through seven, and then hang out till ten of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. We all have it. It's just the way. Like it's mm-hmm. this weird heartbeat thing where it's, but um. I actually start re-liking it around seven when it starts kind of like pointing at itself again, like yeah. the um the spin-off spectacular episode. Uh, like I start liking it again because it gets that darkness back, but in like in the wacky way, kind of what you're describing, yeah, where it's yeah. like this is so stupid that like all right, you know what? Fuck this. Let's say 
will have stories for years. They're like, look, the great gazoo's gonna show up for fucking <laughs> the Flintstones. Like, it's just maybe it, Mo gets a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, them just them just literally just turning the, turning it on themselves, and I I love that. I thought those that that say that's where they're in their um in their zone of that wacky but like there's just this sardonic kind of existential mm. thing and in this case it's literally existential with them understanding themselves to be a show talking about themselves in show while not referencing it and it's like oh this is really fun mm -hmm. except for that one where they broke character and they're talking like they're actors on the show that was a little creepy oh behind the laughter yeah yeah a lot of people pinpoint that as like the big downfall what season episode. was that um i want to say 10 ish okay that's what i thought too somewhere around there because i feel like up to 10 i was pretty i was still pretty in and then i remember watching some of like 12 or 14 somewhere around there and it was just certainly wasn't unwatchable it's fine a couple of gags here and there like mm. it's totally a watchable show but it just it had none of that intrinsic kind of magical like money python-esque quality where it's mm -hmm. like wow this is incredibly smart while being really silly like and yeah. that's the reason the show worked and th at that point it's like oh this is just well-written cartoon which to me it's I can't think of something I would want to, I mean, it's just a waste of time, you know, it's just mm. great, a well-written cartoon. I, I'll make sure to have kids at some point and have them watch it. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think like season three, one of the reasons it hits peak bleak at that point is, um, and that lies almost entirely, I feel like, between Marge and Lisa. Because like Marge is supposed to be an example and it holds up until like, Season three, or then around season four, five-ish, she becomes kind of like this weird, empty echo of what she was in season three, where in season three, it's about how Marge would be totally happy being the homemaker, being the traditional like wife and mother. However, she has absolutely no support, and she has with the antithesis of support, essentially. Yeah. And... There's a lot of like a lot in a lot of the season three episodes are kind of dark Marge stuff. Yeah, like uh, the um, streetcar named Marge is like my primary. That's what example. I was trying to remember if that was that season. I was thinking yeah, of that in the Bleeding Guns Murphy with Lisa, the one where he dies. Mm -hmm. Is that three or that's later? That's later. Oh, okay, because that's that kind of that that has that feel to that season of like this weird kind of. Oh wait, no, no, I think about there was some silliness in that episode. I take my point back. Sorry, please continue. Oh yeah, well it's like well, Lisa kind of recognizes everything from the get go, and um, but the thing is, Marge, it's it's kind of that Marge recognizes it to an extent, but not to, but she's still trying to keep with it until she hits a breaking point. Yeah, and there's the episode where she gets arrested for um, shoplifting whiskey. I think it's whiskey. And that's within the same season where she does streetcar. She gets arrested. No, no, she got arrested for. Oh, maybe it is whiskey. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she was supposed to pick up a uh, uh, Flintstone chewable codeine. That's that. That's oh, that yeah, scene yeah, where yeah, she's yeah. walking, thinking of her, her of her list, and she puts something in her pocket. Right? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. some kind of whiskey or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's another Marge at the breaking point episode, and yeah. the fact that they had. I think there's even more than the two episodes within season three. When was Rancho Relaxo? Oh, was that? Because that was early, too. They, yeah. These, these all kind of blend together because that was another one of those. She literally goes nuts in that one. Her hair mm -hmm. starts falling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, she she gets driven to the point of shoplifting and she does that whole play that's all about her channeling her hatred of Homer or her resentment of Homer yeah. into her performance as Blanche. And how, like, what I kind of found more depressing than anything because I hadn't seen that episode in years and years when I rewatched it 
is that the episode ends with like the big thing is like Homer going, I guess I'm kind of like that Stanley guy, huh? And she yeah. just like is like, yeah, I guess so. And they walk off holding hands yeah. into the horizon and that's it. There's no like really big reveal. There's no yeah. big change. And I think that's like part of the essential thing. But that's what plays into the bleakness, which I feel like it just completely loses later on. See, yeah, I, I I like the point, and that's why I like the kind of later, like the Frank Grimes episode. Yes. There's the darkness, but the end where, because that's when it starts being self-referential, and I think mm-hmm. it gets good again, because at the end of that episode, it does the same trick, but backwards, where mm-hmm. Homer's asleep at this poor schlub's funeral, yeah. and, he's, and he's like, Mars, turn off the TV while he's sleeping, and Letty turns to Carl, oh, that's our Homer, yeah. and they kind of do like, you know, like a star wipe or something, and mm-hmm. a sitcom-esque thing of like, this is... A horror show. I mean, literally, this man is like the worst person you could ever have. And the, and the town, you know, loves him for it in this very referential way. It's actually, it's really just a, it's that episode, Streetcar Named Marge or whatever, flipped on its head. Exactly. Where, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of what she was like in the early seasons. But I mean, yeah, I, I feel like she just didn't have much of a personality in the early episodes. But like, that might be because I just haven't watched them in a while. Because it's really... There's like way too much I carumbas and eat my shorts and well, whole episodes of nothing happening with no jokes. Well, comparing it to, um, I know I don't think you've seen this, but I suffered through it. Uh, the Family Guy Simpsons crossover. I did not watch it. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's probably for the best. Well, somebody said that, uh, Stewie makes like a rape joke. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those, like, I'm pretty un PC when it comes to jokes. Like, I'm, I'm, not one to make them myself. I would be uncomfortable making a rape joke. Like, I mean, unless it's about a dude, because, you know, it's the country living. But, um, on The Simpsons, I just feel like that's, there's certain kind of joke lines that shouldn't be crossed. And, and mm-hmm. Family Guy is totally fine because that's the style of comedy they do. So I have mm-hmm. no problem with that being on, on their airwaves. But with the, oh man, I just, I heard that they made a rape joke and it's like on The Simpsons. I'm like, that's not, that's just not the show I want. That's not the show I like. That's not the show I want to watch. And it's like, I'm just not going to bother watching it because that's just a little, hmm. Well, that's like kind of the whole point of that episode, which is the one thing I liked about that episode is it's almost all entirely about how The Simpsons is better than Family Guy. Oh, really? Yeah. And they like, and that's one of the points is that like, it's like, oh, look how edgy Bart used to be by saying like Amanda hug and kiss. Ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. And then Stewie comes on and says this tasteless rape thing. Yeah. And it's kind of just like this, just this stark point of like, yeah. You have to go. The, you're you're yeah. going to go there, aren't you? I, I mean, I, I get that. And I, I understood that that was kind of the concept that they were going with. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I still just... I, no, it's horrible. But in the end, there's a rape joke on The Simpsons. And yeah, that's it's just, bad news. I, I just... And again, not anti-rape joke. Like, if it's funny, it's funny. Good for you. You made a rape joke. Not going to do it myself. But just not on The Simpsons. It's it's like part of the... And again, part of the, the kind of... The thing that worked about that show is that it handled adult themes in the early episodes. Not adult themes, but like it made adult jokes, really complex, sophisticated humor, but didn't have to cross that that line between, you know, like it can make a dick joke without referencing a dick. Like it can mm-hmm. make sex jokes without talking about sex. Like there, it had that kind mm-hmm. of fun middle school double entendre thing. And that was Absolutely. what The Simpsons was good. It was it had that uh like the Hollywood, the Harvard Lampoon style comedy where it's like super smart, but also incredibly idiotic. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. guys with physics degrees making dick jokes mm-hmm. and there's that line. But then it's like, you can't make a rape. Like that goes beyond that line. It's just, it's not the vibe of the show I want to watch. That's why Family Guy came out. That's why the mm-hmm. sweet fucking South Park came out. Well, you know? going back to the Marge thing with, with, um. Oh, that episode she got raped. That was fucking terrible. Oh, God, no, <laughs> that is terrible. No, that but is... see, that's the kind of rape joke I can make because it's about a cartoon. Yeah, well, it's still terrible. But anyway, yeah, I guess. um 
but uh, in that episode, I call him Reaplore, and he's got to your mother, and he's beyond oh, claws. <laughs> Fuck you! I made you laugh at it. That's <laughs> because it was a Simpsons reference. That wasn't fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, they have like a one scene between Marge and Lois, and it's all about. Lois, how, I'm sorry. I really. I'm oh, not even doing the, this. That's the mo- that that's is the, the mom. mom. From, I wasn't sure if that was the mom or the daughter from the show. I knew that was a lady from from Family. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the mom. Okay. And they like spend the day together, and it's like. I don't remember the lines at all, but like the punchline of it is that um, Ma- uh, Lois is like so done with hanging out with Marge because she's just so milk toast and so oh, yeah. and, like and so bland yeah. in her homemakerness, which season three Marge wasn't. There was like a pathos to it. There was like this, there were there was like this really intense pain in early Marge. Honestly, hmm. I feel like I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think. I don't think I've really watched those episodes with any kind of social, like, commentary on in my head Mm -hmm. at any point recently. I don't think it really occurred to me. And also, Marge was one of the characters I just never resonated with, because when that show came on, you know, I was premiered when I was, like, nine or ten. And when you're nine or ten, you don't want to watch a homemaker. Yeah. Like, so it's just, I think, just kind of in my head, I kind of have this, not anti-Marge thing, but I just don't think I ever really, like connected with her on any level like lisa of course it did because like oh look the young smart person mm-hmm. got it on that shit me and lisa fingers like this thus yeah thing. see that that's fingers crossed that means we're tight no that's why i'm getting a lisa tattoo i was re-watching it and i was just like man lisa was my has been my hero for like literally as long as i can re- remember essentially yeah. like early early childhood and continuing on even though she's become a shrill character of herself as well has she oh uh, yeah I, I haven't seen i couldn't t- I, other than occasional um, Simpsons Halloween or big event episodes. I haven't seen a regular episode in Lisa's forever. Lisa's kind of like become the token shrill li- liberal where she used to be mm. like this bleak voice of reason. I could totally see that happening. Like the little Lisa slurry episode kind of was starting to go that way a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I can totally see that progression. Even yeah. Lisa, I, I wouldn't even think that Lisa the vegetarian does that because I feel like Lisa the vegetarian is very like familiar kind of awakening that a lot of people have when they're also younger. struggled with it like there was a there was a battle there it wasn't like mm-hmm. you know I'm the voice of the liberals it was her struggling with her versus her family on her eating habits exactly which is entirely different than you know just you know parroting whatever I was on you know whatever liberal thing people like which mm-hmm. I can't think of a single example the daily show yeah yeah I don't exactly. even know if that's liberal I haven't seen that in like a decade but I think it is yeah yeah okay. it could, yeah so she just becomes like this shrill this like this this shrill liberal voice that almost becomes like sometimes it almost feels like a South Park character almost. Yeah. Okay. As far as it goes, to, as yeah. far as you know, like a like little that. obvious, a little like yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and especially since like I think it's interesting that they have like it's it's easy to forget that like she's supposed to be an eight year old girl, yeah, defending like the very voice of all these things that were before she kind of didn't understand like. She had a deeper understanding. Like, there's that one really great line about Richie Rich, where it's like, "Did you ever think that Casper the Friendly Ghost, Casper the Ghost, and Richie Rich are the same pe- person? Yeah. How do you think he died? Maybe he thought that the uh, pursuit of wealth. He discovered how empty the pursuit of wealth was and took his own life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm super glad you said that because I had this revelation that Richie, that Casper looks like Richie Rich's ghost. This mm-hmm. actually occurred to me as a thought, and I went, "There's no way." That I thought of that, and I couldn't think of where I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I did come up with that. No, oh, then Marge goes, "Kids, can you lighten up a little?" Yeah, yeah. No, see, <laughs> yeah. Thing, completely forgot that was from The Simpsons. I was under, like, I was having a conversation. I said it. I'm like, 
did I steal that or was that? Oh, no. And I was having this kind of moment of crisis of I can't think of where that's from. Did I invent it? And this is I totally forgot to look it up. Mm-hmm. But thank you, Lillian. You have yeah. answered my query from <laughs> that was probably last year at some point. Okay. Because I was really impressed with my line of thought. And then mm-hmm. went, no, I'm pretty sure I stole that from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And also. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. You, you can't you kids light it up there, which was kind of um, also kind of back when Marge was slightly smart. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another point. Like, like, one of the fundamental points of, like, the Simpsons Family Guy crossover is that, like, that Family Guy is taking up this mantle that the Simpsons kind of left behind. Whereas it, or, or that they, that they, that they, it wasn't an obvious, like, there, there are a lot of similarities. They even have a trial about the similarities about who's ripping off who. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, which is like really damning, honestly. And but like they're um, that's in the crossover episode. There's yeah, in the crossover oh, episode, they have okay. a cro- yeah. And um, but then like, but then they they're not taking it. But then they're like, the, but then it doesn't. They try to make the point that they're kind of taking up the mantle of what the Simpsons used to be. Yeah. But then they completely ignore any intellig- like any of the intelligence or heart that went with it. Yeah. I also do like that this is a courtroom scene and there literally is an early Simpsons where there's a courtroom scene where Lionel Hutz uh, starts rattling off how everybody's a plagiarist. And he says, Chief Wiggum is a blatant copy of Ralph Gramnett. Like he does. Yeah, yeah, he directly yeah. uh, points out Wiggum is a, is a copy of somebody mm-hmm. uh, during the uh, the the guy that originally invented Itchy and Scratchy, uh, whatever his name was. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. funny because that's actually literally an old Simpsons episode that is now a new Simpsons episode with Family Guy parroting itself to point out that family guy is a ripoff yeah that's really fucking that's some meta shit right there yeah and that, or that, they just forgot that episode and that's happened. one of the reasons that that episode is kind of wa- worth watching in that like i mean there is a little bit of like it doesn't really solve that problem in a way that's like anyway complimentary to family guy yeah it's just about like yeah we did this before we had james woods on before they yeah. even have two james woodses oh really yeah and that's funny yeah yeah um that's oh, I, I maybe I have to watch this now because I really like that they did that and it actually is a an old Simpsons episode already did it. That's mm-hmm. fun. That was one of the few, and it's not new at all anymore. But I'd given up on South Park a really really early on, and I I saw the one where the character I don't know his name freaks out because every story that's ever been told was done on the Simpsons already, mm-hmm. and he starts having like a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, and that was really fun. And being like somebody that used to have like a very solid working knowledge of the Simpsons, it was fun watching the young man flip out. Yeah. Well, like, South Park, South Park is really problematic, obviously, and they're trying to be, and that's, like, one of those things that, like, I feel like that, that this this quest, the quest to be edgy can go in, like, multiple directions. It can go into, like, kind of the bad family guy direction, or it can go into, like, what you, well, the Simpsons used to be considered, like, super edgy, and yeah. now they're considered really wholesome. And I think, like, that, that's more the point that I'm getting at, that I was getting at before, where you watch it from the way beginning and watching how it loops back on itself. Yeah. Like, there was that weird period. I don't know if you watched these episodes at all. During the Bush administration, there was a lot of, like, weird anti-Bush episodes that were so that were so shrill. Oh, yeah. Like, there's this one where the Simpsons get arrested under, like, the Patriot Act or something. Oh, I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think I made it that far. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, but it just, like... It's it's just trying way too hard to hit, hit this like weird NPR audience. Yeah, that it like doesn't. It, it, there's no subtlety to it at all. Yeah, well that's why I don't watch um, Family Guy and South Park at times. I don't watch. Uh, I stopped watching because like 
I get, I get that. I understand why it's funny, but I just, it's a little too on the nose. And like, I, I would rather have like a little bit of subtlety to it. Like, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's why The Simpsons is so quotable because it was that kind of, it wasn't so incredibly direct. So you can actually use those quotes in other contexts, you know, mm-hmm. while the family guy joke is remember this exact specific thing. And now we will show this exact specific thing. Which is ha, also ha, a ha. South Park episode about. Oh, I'm, 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 yeah, but- <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, I'm a hundred percent sure that I'm not the first person to ever come up with that one because mm-hmm. that's the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks because when it got canceled, I was one of the people that wanted to have it come back because his first two seasons, I was like, oh, this is a pretty funny show. Mm-hmm. And then it came back and then it turned into what it is. I'm like, oh, I wish it hadn't come back. This was, this was a giant mistake we've made as a, as a culture. <laughs> Look what we have wrought. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And now we have Seth MacFarlane in our, in our lives forever mm-hmm. in live action movies and on yeah. every roast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've opened Pandora's box and there is no closing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is so funny because I, 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 it's weird to think about how I think in like 2003 or four ish, there was like that period of time where you knew somebody who had the Family Guy DVDs and you would borrow them. Yeah. And people would like kind of trade Family Guy DVDs and be like, oh, there was this awesome show on Fox. And yeah. It's gone. And, and it probably would have been better off. Yeah. It brought, I, that the season that came back, I have a memory that it was good that season, but I don't remember it. I was never all that into it. Like I enjoyed it and I was like, oh, cool. I'd like this to come back. But then it just, went in my opinion just really downhill and not even downhill it just it it never progressed it was just the exact same thing from yeah you know? it became itself too much yeah and that's like i think that's like a kind of a pitfall for a lot of tv shows i kind of feel that way honestly about the daily show a little bit like um where it's not that have you ever watched uh john oliver yeah I've watched the um the big ranty thing at the end i've watched youtubes of that i've never seen this whole show oh okay yeah. so i feel like um I like The Daily Show. It makes really, it still makes really intelligent points, but it does it in like this kind of impotent way of like, this is the monolith. This is the problems with the monolith. And I'll be damned if we can do anything about it. Oh, okay. You know? And John Oliver actually goes like, I'm going to spend 10, 15 minutes, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot by any kind of like intellectual level, but I'm going to spend a good 10, 15 minutes explaining one thing to you. Yeah. And at the end, here are email addresses, here are people you can yeah. contact, etc. Where the Daily Show is just kind of like, yeah, like, can you believe the stupid shit that Fox News does? Yeah. God, look at that thing that we can't do anything about. Yeah, that's uh, that's the part I like about John. Well, I haven't seen the other parts, but um, that's the part I watched, that, that mm-hmm. 10, 15 minute segment. I don't even know what the rest of the show is, but... um. Yeah, there's a YouTube on YouTube. There's a channel, so you watch all those. Yeah, that guy's fucking really funny and he makes good points. It was. Um, Which one did you see, or what parts did you see? I've seen like every one of those ones that's over ten minutes. Oh, okay. so like all of them. Like he did one. I remember uh, he did one on beauty pageants. He did mm-hmm. one on um, prisons. Um, it, like I, I, so I, I mean, I've watched probably a couple hours of them. Like oh, I just went yeah. on this random because I didn't even know. I don't watch the Daily Show, so I didn't even know who John Oliver was. I was mm-hmm. unfamiliar with the man, and I saw. Somebody sent me one about, oh, it was him making fun of Oregon. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. Like, all right, I'll watch another one. And another one was like this really kind of hard-hitting, um, kind of really, I don't know, it's just a political satire on a level. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's like, this guy's legit. And I watched another. I'm like, oh, okay, you're really, and I watched another. And then another one where he's talking to Muppet. I'm like, this might be my favorite <laughs> man that's ever existed. Like, this this guy does exactly what I need out of the universe. Yeah. 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 And I, what I really like about that is, like, obviously, and as, as I said before, I really do still like The Daily Show. Don't get me wrong. It just, like, when you like something, it's more important that you point out what you don't like about it. But, um... No, good. I was about to... Yeah, no, you were about to really... Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, so, 
on the Daily Show, uh, they, they just like, yes, it's very easy to watch one or two days worth of Fox News and pick out stupid shit. Like, I feel like anybody can have unpaid interns to do that. Whereas it's like on John Oliver, it's like, like the the whole thing with the um the Miss America pageant, for example. Yeah, that was something they took the time to the time and effort to actually like research and put like get the information together in ways that, and I might be wrong about this, but in ways from what I can tell, haven't really been done before. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the conclusions they came to about it and pointing out like the flaws in their numbers and all that. And they did a similar thing with um for prof the for profit educational institutions. And how they siphon money off the GI Bill. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that one. Yeah. 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 And it, it just keeps doing that. And it does this in like a really like in-depth way when you don't – I don't know. I get – like I, I get depressed watching The Daily Show. And I think it comes into – The Daily Show plays into this weird like mollification of like – um of people. And of like, yeah, this really sucks. But it's kind of – we can make it suck in kind of a funny way. Yeah. And – like, we're going to point out the fallacy in it, but, like, only for, like, a minute and not for long enough for it to really have teeth or to sink in anywhere. You know, this is, just to go back to The Simpsons, this is the generation of meh. Yeah. Like, that, that, like, because yeah, yeah. that is the age group that we're dealing with on that show. Or maybe trending slightly higher, but that basically is that age group of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, um, Lollapaloozas, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's another, like, interesting thing is I think that there's more of a trend now within, like, um, younger people. There's like this really solid trend into like uh, like earnestness, I feel like, and honesty, and um, like there's this backlash going against cynicism now, where I feel like when we were younger, cynicism was considered like this really really sophisticated thing, but that kind of overlooked the dangers of cynicism. Does that make sense? It does. I don't agree with it. I mean, I agree with that. That's happening. But I don't think that's the reason. I think it's that same thing as. It got played out. It's the same exactly. as any other that's, trend. That's so, what I mean. But yeah. it's not really like they anybody ever became aware of the downside of it. It just it got played out. It's the same reason why the sixties transitioned to the seventies into the eighties. Like you can watch that waveform, like the height of the sixties, revolutionary spirit turns into just fucking smelly people fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, which turns into we want money, we'll do coke. Like it's you can watch that waveform, just people getting tired of shit and circling around. Like, um uh the, the cynical thing was like the cynical thing was hip. That's why David Letterman got popular. Like that became the height of. That's where the Simpsons mm-hmm. got popular. Oh yeah, yeah. Why funny? Hap- but then you get tired of it because that's the uh, de rigueur. And so now it's like oh positivity and light and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's going to play itself out. And then it'll move into you know it's just actually I think cynicism played itself out into irony. And now that's getting played out into yes. yeah and into earnestness. And, yeah, yeah. And I and I like. It's interesting to see that happen, though, because I feel like our generation was, like, raised more... Any Anyone who came of age in the early 90s, um, so much of our media that we consumed was mired in cynicism, even children's media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, very clearly, like, um, like Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. And because Rocco's Modern Life is just pretty much about how much everything sucks. And every... You know, like, there's yeah. so many things in Rocco's Modern Life that happened like that, and... And Ren and Stimpy and things like that that were just like these weird caricatures of children's entertainment. And um, even to a degree, I think like um, things like Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah, sort of was. But I mean, when we were, when I was the Pee Wee's Playhouse age, anyway, like I couldn't pick up on that. Just like I couldn't pick up on the fact that Ren and Stimpy was like this weird like um, parody of like what contemporary cartoons were, or not even contemporary, but yeah. you know, of that whole 
Chocobot variety hour, hour yeah. kind of stuff. I agree with yeah. your point. I thought you were going to say something else. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to respond now. So I'm like, uh, I'll say words out loud. <laughs> I thought you were going with some. Uh, no, no, totally. Um, and I think we moved into that irony. And I think instead of, because I don't think we're in a, the youth culture, I actually don't see that as earnest or positive. I think we're just moving to the post-irony world. Yeah. Where I don't really see earnesty. I think it's just, it looks that way to us because we're used to the dregs of cynical, ironic media. So seeing something that isn't that, and thank God, because that is, I think it's so ultimately damaging, really, to to kind of build that wall between yourself and any kind of authentic experience, yeah. you know? But I mean, I think it's damaging any any way you take it, culture, when taken, when when, when you're taking your cues from culture, it's mm-hmm. always damaging. Like, the, the 1950s ideal of the Leave it to Beaver thing was incredibly damaging. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't go that immediate because it wasn't dark. But really, mm-hmm. it just it put this undue pressure on people. It ruined cities. It made <laughs> suburbs horrible. I I it, I really think a good chunk of why we held on to racism for as long as we have was because of that. Because you separate whites out of cities and move them into suburbs, and now you have another division between people, and mm-hmm. it you know becomes this thing, and that's super damaging. But you don't see it as immediately because it's like, oh, how homespun is this? Oh, it's so sweet, you know. It's oh, they're in the suburbs and everything's lovely. And it's like, no, that's dystopia. Like that's really fucked up. That's you know, that's where Edward Scissorhands comes from, you mm-hmm. know. And and there's um, but it's just not as obvious. So I just think it's one of those things where every culture is super damaging if you take too much from it. So like if you take your cues, like if you're just some follower that all you're doing is taking your cues from media and from the opinions of media are my like the people that really like the Daily Show mm-hmm. and all their opinions are Daily Show people opinions like you're not like you're not doing it right one. Mm-hmm. Like you're I I I appreciate it cuz I probably agree with you more often than I'm not going to, but like I don't agree with you for the same reasons you do. Like <laughs> I I thought about some stuff and I looked at things. I didn't go John Stewart says this, therefore yeah. it's a thing. Fox News is terrible. All of them are terrible. I at least they're listen to all, a little NPR yeah, yeah, about it. Yeah. But they're all terrible. Yeah, the, the NPR is terrible. Fucking CNN said the, the NPR is not as bad, but like they're all fucking horrible. But, you know, Fox News is the one that gets to being the punching bag and it's, you know, deservedly so, but CNN could be the punching bag. They're all fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get that kind of the, the liberal parrot thing or even, you know, not just liberal, whatever, conservative parrot thing is the exact same thing. I just, mm. uh, you'll be shocked to learn. I don't have a lot of discourse between me and ultra conservatives. Not <laughs> like, we're, we're not really hanging out, throwing back some brewskis and like yeah. talking about, you know, talking about how to, you know, fuck over black people. Mm. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You're talking about like the, the, how there's also the backlash of moving into cities now. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And moving into cities and what that's doing to the people who previously had to like be in those cities. Yeah. And, um, like, what's happening in Portland right now, like, in a major, major way. And I thought Portland, I always thought, I kept seeing it happening in Portland slowly but surely, but it's been happening really, really rapidly in the last two years. Yeah, it's really, really exponentially grown. Yeah, Yeah, in the last two years. Yeah. Especially. Here's here's the the weird part about that, and this is, um, okay, it's, I don't know if this is racist, but it might be, um... No, no, it's not, because I'm not referring to any specific race. But here's the thing that's weird. So let's say, not necessarily Portland, but let's look at um, Brooklyn or, or, or the mm. Bronx. When we were growing up, um, those were the scariest areas in the world. And as somebody of my skin color, you don't go there. Mm. It's one of those, like, literally, if a cop saw you, he would fucking turn you around and send you back out of the neighborhood to try to save your life. Like, Bushwick was the scariest place you could ever go to. Red Hook was scary as fuck. And now it's vegan bakeries and whatever. Mm. But here's the thing. So it went from a place of a ridiculously high crime rate that's scary as fuck to a place with 
it's nice and the streets are clean and there's like organic bakeries and shit. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that's all good, but I have like a little bit of trouble connecting to the badness of it where it's like, but it's, it like, it's definitively better on like a shitload of levels. I think the badness of that lies that there was n- that no space is made for the people who previously lived no, in those No, totally. That's, yeah. No, I get that part, but it's like, it's more I kind of want, We're I, gonna take I want realist- an option. I like, yeah. I, I, like, because the thing is, like, it is good because the neighborhood's better now. Not because white people moved in, not because of any of that shit. It's just, they're, you, they're dying things. You don't die there now. And not dying there now is really good. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't, like, I don't know what the answer is, but there is a certain amount of, like, as much as I hate to see gentrification, or maybe that's not the right word. Is that the right no, word? No, see, that's the Okay, word, is that yeah. the proper term? That's okay. Because yeah. um, I don't necessarily mean, like, white people taking black people area, because you can totally do it in, like, white on white, just um, economic like takeover. Like, most of Portland. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wasn't sure gentrification counted if that's, like, just economic or it had to have, like, oh, a no, racial component. It's, it's both. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, there's there's just – I just wish there was another way to, like – I don't even have an option, but those – like, for those areas to get better without having to do that. But in the end, like, less people are dying and there's, like – I mean, it's literally – the crime rate goes, like, ridiculously lower. Like, but I guess the crime rate maybe just moves. That's the – but – I would. I think it's I want more... an option. Like I need them to go. No, I'm not trying to kick people out, but like I, I want to find a way to do that. That it doesn't. I don't want. I don't want to have like the only way to solve Bushwick's problems to have vegan fucking bakeries move in and kids with skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. Like those people should be able to stay there. Just some other way, you know. Yeah. I, I like uh, the thing is I understand what you're saying, and I think that that part of the thing is that the 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 way that gentrification works is very rarely is it like we're going to take over this entire neighborhood in in two years. Yeah. It's this slow kind of insidious thing. And part of what makes it insidious is it doesn't start with people who are who are like, you know what? In five years, this is all going to be strollers and vegan bakeries yeah, as far uh, as the eye can see. And it's just going to be white people everywhere. It's People don't think that. People say like, hey, I can rent out this art collective space and make an art collective here. Yeah. And like, may, and like, and I think the intent is to like work within the neighborhood and help that out. But then other people move in. Yeah. So it's not that like the first few waves of gentrifiers are not necessarily the like the worst thing that's happening. It's, and I've said this before about Portland specifically too. Um, it's not hipsters that ruin things. It's people aspiring to be hipsters that ruin things. Yes, I was I was trying to find a way to word that. That is exactly my point as well. It's that. The hipsters are cool. Like, they're the ones that are, like, hipster, to me, was never an insulting term. Mm -hmm. But when the culture becomes hip, then you use that term hipster because you're just a follower. And Mm -hmm. yeah, those are, those, like, when I first saw, like, the first guy on a tall bike, I'm like, that's pretty cool. He's Mm -hmm. on a tall bike. Then there's, like, 30 of them. And it's like, you guys are fucking assholes. (laughs) The whole lot, I don't care if the, I don't care if the middle of that pack is that guy's been on that bike for 10 years. Sorry, dude. Like, I, I'm not telling you to get off your bike, but I have to lump you in with the assholes because, like, your culture got usurped. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I'm not a geek anymore because geek is fucking people that used to beat me up in high school are geeks now. Mm-hmm. I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm such a nerd. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, and I, I agree with you. And I think that that's a thing. It's it's like the, the, the seeds of gentrification are usually, like, people who really have no intention of doing that. Yeah. And they're just, like, poor white people. Who are like, hey, I can afford to live here, and I'm, and I like, and I like, I like what's happening, and I like a lot of the yeah. things that are happening in this neighborhood. Like, I remember years and years and years ago, 
I was in Patterson and I was in which uh, Patterson, New Jersey. And I was like, huh, you know, I bet we could get some good punk houses going in Patterson. And we could have some punk houses and we could probably yeah. rent some cheap houses in Patterson and have like punk shows there and shit like that. And then like I was like, wait, no, no, no. Because first the punk houses come and then the bike co-ops come. Yep. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And before you know it, it snowballs and you have salt and straw every goddamn yeah. 10 blocks. <laughs> and people are eating bone marrow ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And et cetera, like waiting in line for an hour. Every third restaurant has the word fusion. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Everything um, is something ampersand, something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they all got those those glowing block letter signs that oh, every third God, fucking thing. Fuck That's that. the hipster of signs in this town. Oh, God, and yeah. Portland, everything has those... Uh, what what would the rest of the country know what that looks like? Like like block kind of yellowish bulb lights that spell out stuff in capital letters like eat or uh, things like that. And and every fucking place has it now because that's like the cool. It'll just be like one word. Like there's one in Portland. It's like eat an oyster bar. And yeah, it'll be yeah. shit like that where it's like something of this. Yeah, something, it's, like, it's it's infuriating because artisanal like, crap like a cocktail crap hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, artisanal was was a running joke when I was uh, one of my friends was out here. And we we're walking around and it was just. Uh, we walk by, but on Hawthorne, there's an artisanal uh, The uh, dentistry? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, every time I look at that, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Do yeah. they carve little tiny things of your teeth and sell them on Etsy? I don't know. I, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's, uh, they put a Cthulhu in your, in your molar. Oh, God. Um, fuck that. Oh, fuck everything about. See, and Cthulhu was something that like years ago was like, and we oh, got look. Work. Thank you. No, the- I. I used to like Lovecraft. I could make a Cthulhu joke and I was like, oh, this is fun. So rare someone would pick up on it. And now it's like, oh, this is just embarrassing. Yeah. Like that guy with the tall bike, he had to watch the other tall bikes coming being like, oh no, oh no. And then it's like, well, how does he tell? How can he hold up a sign saying, I did this first. I, I, and then it's like, oh yeah, that hipster. No, no, you can't do it. Because I was just going to, my next thing was like, I was just going to say, Alex, like what point of this are we just fucking bitter hipsters bitching about how people have caught up to us? Well, no, because I'm not worried about getting caught up to us. I'm worried about people that copy anything. Like if, mm-hmm. if like whatever culture that happens, that's cool. When when other people start usurping it, it's irritating. So I don't even care mm-hmm. if I'm part of that culture. Like I'm not part of the bike culture here. I'm not vegan. Like I don't fit a lot of the culture stereotypes here. But it still annoys me when those annoy. Word that sentence in English. It annoys me when when I see those getting taken taken over. Because like, oh, this is like an authentic thing. And now it's just shit heels doing it. And it's like, oh, this is like now bicycles are like, you can't afford to buy a bicycle in this town. Oh, no. Yeah, There's a so whole Freakonomics article we're, about it. We're, Microinflation. We're yeah. Bike USA, except you can't afford a bicycle. Like it's, it's insanity on a, on a, like I talked about it on the show. That's one of the reasons I sold my bike was I work downtown and I have to ride across the Hawthorne Bridge. Mm. By the time I'm riding across in the morning. There's been, there's a little counter there that says how many people. There's usually about like 1,500 people mm-hmm. by the time I'm riding across the bridge. So when you're running across, there's literally people that are like aggressive kind of car driving style people on bicycles that are trying to like, you know, kind of run you off the road or like, not trying to, but like it's, it's, it became like a stressful commute yeah. because of the amount of people and the amount of kind of aggression involved, it's 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 actually more distracting for you to try to hide your phone. So you can go ahead. Oh, it's more worried no, no, that no, it was going to go off. No, no, it's totally aces. I'm like, no, you're always fine. I can I I can multitask. You can, you can text. Um, I just got a text message from work that was way. No, no, it's ace. Okay. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, this isn't important. Like, fucking go ahead. Um, yeah, but in the morning, it's like literally dealing with like actual like commute shit. It's like mm-hmm. aggro people and like you know yelling and it's like this is 
this isn't fun. This isn't what the culture. It just it's like jocks on bikes. As first of all, I yeah. know you have a car, asshole. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's there's like a lot of people. I know like, you have a Subaru, like yeah. at home that you're. There's yeah. a lot of people with very expensive bicycles uh, that I ride by that I used to ride by in the morning, it, and they all have their exquisite bicycle gear on, and they're all like perfectly accoutrement and. Holy shit! Are they all pricks? Yeah, every fucking one of them is a prick. Well, that's yeah. like how I, I went to when I, when I went to city bikes because my brakes weren't working in the rain, and it turned out because they were on backwards because I'm an idiot. Um, I went there and I was like really, really like, oh god, this guy's gonna try to they're gonna try to get money out of me. They're gonna be like, oh, you have a dent in your fork. It's gonna be hundreds of dollars for you to yeah. get your ten my ten dollar bike up to snuff or whatever. And like instead, the guy just had like he's like, yeah. Those are those are kind of like those are kind of crappy brakes, but you know, the people who spend the money on good brakes aren't the people who use their bikes. Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was like, oh, that that was like this glitter glimmer yeah. of humanity that I really needed from the bike co-op yeah. guy, of just like. Don't worry, we're not gonna try to screw you on your shitty bike. Yeah, well, I remember riding. I used to ride in the winter. You know, mm-hmm. I was a year-round rider, and. uh it's amazing how little traffic there is, but all the bikes in the winter, you don't see any of those expensive bicycles. You don't see those fucking, those middle-aged banker-looking dudes on their bikes. Like, mm-hmm. it's all just, like, fucking scumbags like me and, like, people that are, like, lifers. All their bikes are all, like, ratted out and, like, it's just terrible, but they look super functional. Like, oh, you're the real ones. Like, all yeah. right, you know, let's, you're you're my people. But then the, all this, the summer starts happening and it's just waves of dicks that have, like, super <laughs> aggressive fucking nature on their bicycles. Well, that's what's <laughs> funny about the, um, when people are... I for lost my train of thought. You're saying you're saying it was funny how people are. And oh yeah, yeah. Off. Then I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. I was just trying to um, remind you. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh, people on their uh, people on their fancy like, and then like I have my friends who who bike like. Um, um, I have my friends who bike like regularly, and I have a crappy ten dollar bike. That serves me well enough. I could definitely bike a lot better if it wasn't, if it didn't weigh 30 pounds and it actually fit my body and all that crap. But then my friends are like, oh, yeah, well, you get a pretty good bike for like $400. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, let me go to the $400 tree and pluck out $400. It is. Yeah, it's really. I mean, I I talked about on the show when I was trying to find my bike. I mean, it took me fucking forever to try to find a bike that would be like. I'm like, I just want a bike to get me to work. And they're like, all right, well, you can buy a piece of shit that you're going to have to fix all the time that's super heavy and you're going to, like, labor, uh, and you might be able to get one of those for 100 bucks. Mm. And it's like, oh, really? And it's like, no, but for, dude, seriously, 450 you can get this really, it's like, I, how does that even function? I'm like, maybe I'll just, like, go to this next state over and just pick up a bicycle. Because, like, yeah, that's <laughs> the Freakonomics article. Yeah. They, they wrote a big thing about it, and I don't know the name of the Freakonomics guy, but... He wrote an article specifically targeting microinflation, and um, he used the bicycle market in Portland as an example. And about apparently how you can you could drive down to um, San Francisco was the example I think he used, and fill a pickup truck full of bikes, drive them up to Portland, and sell them for two hundred two hundred like a hundred two hundred dollars more yeah. per bike without no, even totally. really doing much to them. Yeah, no, and, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous system we have here. And it's I I'm waiting for it to collapse because yeah. one I would like bikes to happen and, and two I would like uh, people to stop fucking moving here. So and I know that's I'm I'm a I'm a person that moved here, but when I moved here they weren't building. I think there's like 20 different apartment buildings getting built in this town right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's... they were building condos when you moved here. The condos that nobody bought, and that was one of those things that yeah. slowed down the gentrification rate. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah they were doing the condo thing when I was moving, but yeah, they, but that's still. 
no one moved there. So now it's yeah. now it's thousands of new people coming in and the rents have not leveled out. And that sucks because that just that just means the city is only going to attract more kind of douchey people with money. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, slowly changes. Bay Area the tech bros. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're kind of handcuffed. So it's like, oh, we can't afford bicycles anymore in Portland. Like, that's awesome. Oh, you know? yeah. I can't yeah. leave my, ma- my mouse infested apartment ever because yeah. I'll never be able to afford my neighborhood ever again. And this is true. Um, yeah. Like, I spent two years trying to find this apartment mm-hmm. and I lived across the street from you. Yes. Uh, or, well, you didn't live there yet, but I lived in yeah. what you currently and past tense to four forthwith, forward, backwards, present. Plu perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like time travel talking. <laughs> I found something I'm showing you. Okay. Talk in the mic about something. Okay. So Alex is reaching across the table. No, no, don't, don't and... describe things. Oh, no. <laughs> why, don't you tell them, why don't you tell them how awesome the standard is? Oh, yeah. The standard is really, really awesome. Alex and I were there the other day. It was really awesome. They have one of those machines where you can, like, yabba dabba do our, like, talking. Like, where you put in 50 cents, even though it should be a quarter, but it's 50 cents, and you get one of those little eggs that has crap in it. And whoever came up with that idea of just selling eggs of crap to, to random people, random drunk people, is a fucking genius. It is a genius. So, yeah, you get those little plastic eggs and you uncork them. And they uh, they have uh, things like a broken bit of wire. Yeah, uh, I got wire. Butt, and uh, um, I, Well, I got one thing of lube, which is like theoretically maybe worth 50 cents. But the other one was like a tangle of wire. Oh, and this bracelet that I'm wearing right now. Oh, you did get that bracelet? Yeah, yeah. wearing this bracelet. Um, it's Ian, not got, Ian really... got one of those monster hair clips, a tiny little pink one that he gave to me. So there's something. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, like there's things. There's also things at the standard that aren't a horrible ripoff, unlike the... Wait, you mean like $2 thing. microbrew night on Sundays? That's the best thing about the standard, or one of them. Yeah. The I other mean... one being their fabulous bartenders, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, they're all wonderful, you know. <laughs> the people who work there. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. You know. Yeah. You know. It is what it is. And it's, you know, take it or leave it, you know. Hey, but the prices can't be beat, you know what I'm saying? Nah. <laughs> uh, Wednesdays, $1 hams night. Uh-huh. Um, other nights that do things. I don't really know what any of the other ones are. I say this every week. But um, so go there on some night and look at the board that tells you how much things are. And you're like, wow, that's incredibly inexpensive. And maybe you'll recognize Alex's voice, like you that will. one guy. Yeah, like that one guy, which is incredibly awkward. <laughs> I ran into uh, a fan uh, at the at the standard the night I uh, I had a uh, a bit of a emotional uh, a oh, day. Oh yeah, so yeah. So I was were... I was literally there um, crying to Lil as uh, and then it's uh, not like, really funny. I'm not laughing. My, no, no, it is. No, it's totally funny. <laughs> okay. I'm crying to Lil as and then the guy next to me goes, "Oh, oh hey, I recognize your voice, you, Alex." I'm like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> I've been telling you guys to show up on Sundays and fucking hang out with me for what the better part of two years now, uh, probably only a year. But I and but then the, the day one, that it happened. Yeah, I mean it's happened a couple of times, <laughs> but like the day I'm sitting there fucking weeping hysterically, and this guy's there like, ah, oh, this is this is just this is exactly my luck. But either way, the standard was awesome. He he drank for super cheap. As did I, I need to get in touch with that guy. That was a really cool guy, and I've never mess. I never texted him or anything. But um, anyway, you should because he might hear this. So we might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you thought about that when you said that out loud. No, no, I realized that as soon as I said it. Because he's a it. listener, and this is this is going into microphones. So that so I'm not going to say his name on the air because that would be weird. But dude, if you're listening to this, you should text me because I thought you were cool and I liked hanging out with you. Aw, see that the Alex cast and the standard getting people together <laughs> while drunk and watching their host slash friend cry. <laughs> The Standard. Facebook.com slash The Standard PDX. Or Standard PDX? The Standard PDX? Oh. Do they even have a website? No, they, they just have the Facebook page. And I've said it so many times now that I, um, wait. Facebook.com slash. If you come around Sundays, you might hear Alex cry. Who knows? The Standard 
PDX. Yeah, it is because wait, yeah, well, here's the thing: is I made their Facebook page, so I should. Oh, remember. you did. Facebook.com/slash the standard. Peter. Well, when I started, when when he started advertising on the show, they didn't have their Facebook page. Like they didn't have the direct URL set up, so it was like Facebook.com/slash pages/slash eight five four three eight six seven five nine seven four three two dash eight underscore seven four three. I was like, um, hey, Reed, can I have the password to the Facebook page so I can? Like make this something I can say out loud because he goes. They have a website, but it's like it hasn't been updated in forever. No, but, but I think it piggybacks off of the Ole Ole website, which is like the Mexican. You're right. No, it, it is on. Street. It is on the same server as them. Yeah. But um, the the website does have like a picture from the place from five years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. But their Facebook page is fine. The the lady that runs it actually updates it pretty often, so it's mm-hmm. a good resource. But um, here's the thing about the the standard. They also have what four or five pinball machines. Mm-hmm. One uh, of them is the new Walking Dead one, which I still haven't played. The new Walking Dead one's there, uh, which I saw on the way out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they have a pool table, and they have that um, that game where you digitally shoot animals. Yeah. The, the, what do they, they call that? The dystopian game. The we were saying like we we're talking about how dystopian that game is. How like yeah. if someone was telling me about how like about the future, that's, yeah, that's like yeah. a game that they'd be playing in a bar in the future, Ex- proving about how evil the future yeah, is. Yeah, like if in nineteen seventy four we're making like a movie of like what would two thousand fifteen be like? Well, people will get drunk and they'll pretend to shoot animals in bars. <laughs> yeah, which they actually had. Didn't they have some weird bullshit version of that in the seventies? Well, probably. But th- no, the reason we were talking, the reason that I thought it, especially because on the on the on the shooting game is in between rounds, there's bikini ladies in camo uh, bikinis. And they're each assigned to an animal, by the way. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and I think some of them hold guns while they're, oh, while yeah, they're yeah. dancing around. And this is literally like, this is 1970s dystopian future game. It's mm-hmm. like, guns, pussy, get drunk, shoot things, <laughs> pussy. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's, they have I, I'd buy that for like, a dollar. Yeah, yeah, they have a footage of all the redneck bars. On the th- oh, and then they have like a Duck Dynasty advertisement on yeah, that's too. True. So it's like... I didn't want to bring that up because the thing is, let's, let's everybody make sure... That Duck Dynasty thing, well before all their troubles came around. That was that was when they were just a dumb show. They had not, they had not said anything especially horrible, uh, just to defend the standard on that one. I think it's just... Oh, no, no, uh, yeah. That yeah. wasn't anything that they... Well, did. you know, you just yeah. want to make sure, you know, because, you know, you know, my, you know how, uh, how, uh, how, how I've been um, very open and honest about my hatred of uh, people that have uh, different sex uh, uh, beliefs than I do. Uh-huh. You know, I say it on the show every week. Mm-hmm. I say, if you're not Adam and Eve, you might as well be... Adam and Steve, and I'm like, zinger! <laughs> and then, but not lesbians. Everybody loves lesbians. Uh-huh. Um, Facebook.com, the standard PDX. Everybody loves lesbians. <laughs> um, Which is the Fridays at the standards. No, yes, Fridays uh, at the standards. Come down for Lesbian Fridays. <laughs> oh no, the one lesbian bar that was here is no condos. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Egyptian room, right? Yeah, yeah. The E room, which yeah. is kind of a weird place, weird bar. You ever been there? No, I wanted to go, but um, yeah. I just, I mean, like, I wouldn't. I didn't want to make them uncomfortable, and I wasn't sure how cool that would be. Because the thing is, I, I didn't want to go to like Ogle or anything. Like, I wanted to go because it's an Egyptian themed place. And not I think it was really. lesbian, but like I was like, would I be allowed to go? No, because like I thought that'd be cool. Like, would I be? Because it's not like it's like a strip club or like a sex bar, a sex club. It's just a lesbian bar. I'm like, would I be allowed to go in and just have a drink to check the place out? Mm. I'm like, I know I could go if a female friend brought me. I'm totally positive of that. But like, eh, I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to go by myself. And I never really researched getting one of my female friends to walk in there with me. So mm-hmm. I never got to go in. Uh, yeah, now it's condos. I think Salt and Straw is on there. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. If, yeah. Which it's funny how Salt and Straw has become like this this representative thing of like what's wrong with Portland, even though Salt and Straw with its in itself isn't that bad. Which for people who aren't from Portland, um, 
it's uh, this ice cream place in Portland. There's like three or four locations. I think there's one in like fucking L.A. now, too. Um, but they have shit like uh, they have bone marrow ice cream. They have like olive oil ice cream. That's not bad. And they have like pear and blue cheese ice cream, which is like interesting. But it, it plays on this thing where I feel like there's this new trend in like bougie, like semi upscale food now. Where it feels like this weird dare of like we're trying to of people trying to prove that they're not uptight stuffy food by being like by being weird food. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, totally. It's that um, it's that. Well, I'm really a chef, but I'm I'm a cook at heart. That thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's like okay, like um, they'll have like awful or um, is it pronounced awful? I think O-F-F-A-L. so. Yeah. Okay. I, I, as far as I know, that is, but it's not something I'm super familiar with. Okay. So they'll have things like that. And it really, honestly, it feels like this weird emperor's new clothes kind of dare of like, hey, hey, I bet you that we can get this guy to eat stomach. And yeah. it's, but it, what's really weird about it, it's like this weird um, culinary imperialism almost because it's like, or not almost, it, it kind of explicitly is. It's, it's almost all white dudes making up food that other cultures do just not without making a deal out of it yeah now let's let's here's a great example they opened a uh, traditional mexican um roasted chicken place like apparently in mexico like a roasted chicken is like a big deal like some kind of oh yeah yeah, i read about that place okay so i saw the picture of the guys that opened it and they all look like they all look like their name was keith and they're from connecticut like they're Mm -hmm. just these thin white dudes and like Oh, yeah, that's, I can see why you'd, but it's, you know, it's culinary people, and the food's apparently good, I've never eaten there, but, like, apparently it's authentic, in heavy quotes, like, it tastes authentic, but in Portland it's, like, come have the the awesome Chinese food, and then it's like, hey, look, white people are cooking it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that happens in Portland, like, even um, up the street from Alex, uh, there's, uh, what's the name, Pock Pock. Which oh, yeah, is yeah. everybody says it's like, oh, the absolute best Thai food in Portland, yeah. which is some white guy. And I don't think it's Thai, is it? Yeah, Pok Pok is Thai. I don't think it's Thai. It is. Is it? Because they don't have like the Thai food I'm used to. Like I have Thai. No, food that's all... the point. No, but I mean, is it Thai? Wait, more no, no, you know, you're, you're, you're totally be right. I'm not actually. This isn't even arguing with you now. And, and Pok Pok like a... is delicious. Don't get me wrong, but there's just I had something... it once back when I was a meat eater. Yeah, they had the one. Um... There's just something that sticks in my craw about like this 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 theme going on about like oh yeah the most authentic oh yeah it's totally Thai exce- yeah there's a fucking yeah. big sign in Thai right there yeah oh, yeah oops. the most authentic yeah. the most authentic accessible version of of this food yeah. needs to be brought to you by some white guy and See, with, that's like, what, that's what throws me is okay, I mean your point's well made that's yeah what that's what Portland is yeah is a white guy that goes to that goes learns how to make authentic Thai food and brings it back mm-hmm. but. I'm okay. I'm so confused because here's the thing: I really like Thai food, and the Thai food I get is made by Thai. Like they're t- people from there. Like they like mm-hmm. they speak the language. So I'm so confused why the Thai food I know has no fucking relation to that place. Yeah, I wonder if there's like different like sections of the of the country. I don't know. I think maybe people get more culinarily adventurous when they're eating food made by other white people, no matter what it is. Huh. Like you'd be people would be more likely because I know, I know yeah you probably you actually that's probably a pretty good point there yeah because there was this one type place by down the street from me when I lived over by PG Park or Providence Park whatever the soccer place whatever, is yeah yeah whatever it's called now I think it's Providence Park but when I lived over there there was a really really good Thai place and there was like this one like fried rice thing that was made with shrimp paste that was really amazing and they took it off the menu because they said that like. 
Yeah, well, that was real Thai food. People weren't really ordering it. Yeah. So people will clamor to to have adventurous, quote unquote, real Thai food from, um, who the fuck is the t- Pak Pak guy? Oh, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Zuckin, I wouldn't even know whatever. if I heard it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, to get, and this isn't hating on that guy. Like, it's not like that's, that, that's not their intention to no, colonize, no, but, um, to yeah. colonize like the, these food things. It's definitely what happened, but, um, it's definitely this form of colonization, but, um, like they took that off the menu and when we asked about that they were like oh yeah well people just weren't ordering that yeah that was real that was too real Thai for yeah, that and so, it was just oh, like so fucking weird yeah. it is so weird because yeah. it's like um and that just happens in Portland all over the place I just had I went to that fancy ass place that I was telling you about where the ice was in this giant ass slab that was lit up from the bottom and like because it had like seriously it had artisanal ice I think is what even they called it yeah. And, um, which, you know, to a degree, I'm like, okay, I'm, that's people doing their craft the way they want. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it the better way. It's fine, but it's still a little, there's a certain point where it starts to get frustrating. Oh, I know. (laughs) There's a certain point. I don't know. Oh, no, you can't see this, but I'm doing the jerking off and throwing it in the air hand gesture right now. But, um, yeah, there's a point where it gets to that hand gesture. And, um, I just had a pigtail there and it was like, good. But it was like, man, I feel like this is something that I should be paying less money for from people who, like, you know, make that. Yeah. Instead of, like, this weird white, sanitized white version of it. Yeah. Well, that's, like, like in town now, there's a bunch of, uh, the thing that's cropping up is, uh, uh, kind of artisanal, uh, uh, like, white cuisine, however you say that, uh, hot, like, uh, uh, f- fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Where there's that place right over there that, like, it had this line around the corner when it opened that, um. Yeah, it's it's like kind of um Oh, there yeah. I had somebody who was visiting me from out of town one time and um they were like, "Well, you know what they say, Portlanders love standing on lines." And I was like, "No, we don't." Like No, but here's the thing is I think we do cuz not me, but there's a lot of fucking lines for brunch. Like on Saturday and Sunday, if you want to have breakfast food, you're fucked if you just yeah, want to oh, have Yeah, oh no, food. no. There yeah, is yeah. like if depending on where you go and when you go and how to do yeah. it, like you know how to avoid the line if you really need to. You can go to fucking screen door and get takeout and go eat in a park if you really want to and not deal with that bullshit. But still, there's and, like, a shitload of people that do that. So yeah, there's no, no, yeah, there are. Yeah. Except I would, I would, I would venture to say that like a good chunk of the people who make those lines are not people from here. Oh really? And I wouldn't say, and I couldn't say what percentage that I was. Think, I think the breakfast crowd is all fucking locals. Because mm, you're not going to travel. On where in, you go. You're going to travel in for. Every single place in any neighborhood I've ever lived in that serves breakfast is busy on the weekend. There's lines out the door. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, see, that's funny because I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just don't go to those places as much. And then, like, okay, I would wager you don't wake up in the weekend at the time that I'm referencing. Now, I don't know your weekend schedule, but I'm just going to take a stab in the dark that you probably don't. When exist. I do, when I do, I don't yeah. have that problem. Yeah, but I also tend that's the fair thing is I yeah. tend to go more during the week, and I also. I'm not shy about getting takeout because yeah. it's like there is nothing more satisfying than walking past a f- past like a fucking like hour long line yeah for um screen door or whatever and just getting my food and then biking at home and then yeah. sitting around and watching Bob's Burgers and eating the food that other people are still waiting in line to get no that's totally no that's that totally like satisfying like best. I really agree wholeheartedly with this with this sentiment yeah. but um but I, I think that like it's a it's this is inflated thing yeah and that's also a weird thing because that's popped up i would say in the last five years link because bob because not bob's burgers i wish um yeah i would probably say yeah yeah but five or six years is when i really started to notice it being because the first place i really noticed it was that joint on um 
Belmont or Morrison Zells. Oh, there really? There was always a line there for like a really long time. And that was when I was, I was still living, that was like, yeah, that was like seven years ago. And there was always a line there in the morning. Well, I think it's also partially because Portland just doesn't have the population density of like, of most places where, um, and I noticed that more when I went back to New Jersey like a few weeks ago and how there's just shit tons of people everywhere all the time. Yeah. Whereas in Portland, there's a clump of people who mill about and then settle down. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but there's still a shitload of lines. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's Yes, because it's like, there's this, but that's because there's this one rush at this one time. No, but the thing is, it's not at every place. It's just at the one that's popular at that point. Yeah, yeah. It depends on where you go, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, because there'll be another Barker's place, you know, four blocks down that doesn't have a line. It's just, you know, that's the one that's, you know, that's the one that you got to stand in line for. Like, Screen Door. Screen Door's fine. There's a really good place across the street from Screen Door. (laughs) Yeah, but food's food's totally good. But it's not, I wait in line for an hour good. It's nowhere near that, but it's just. I, Portland does have a thing with waiting on lines. Like, no, and I always yeah. tell people that. It's like, I'll get my stuff and there'll be people waiting on line and they'll just be like, you know, there's a park two blocks away. Yeah. You could just get your shit to go, brown bag, a uh, Clamato yeah. or whatever the fuck, and like, just do that. And then they give me this look like I have three heads and like, no, I really want to sit in this really overcrowded room full of douchebags. Um, yeah. Okay, so quick change. One, uh, brown bag of Clamato. I don't know what it would be. But Not that, Clamato. Whatever. No, but, I, no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know, but here's the thing. The brown bag of Clamato totally sounds like innuendo, but I have no idea what for. Well, not Clamato. You know what I mean? I was thinking what the closest thing to a Bloody Mary you could get at Plaid was, which would be no, like no, Bud Light and Clamato sure, was the closest still, thing. Clamato really sounds like brown bag of Clamato sounds like innuendo for something. I don't I want to no think about what, that. I really, think about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's brown bag of the Clamato. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds gross, but there's literally nothing that works. Oh, so anyway, speaking about New Jersey is what I want to get to. And that's why I oh, brought yeah. this. So I was in New Jersey uh-huh. and um, I was there and I visited my parents' office because they were there and I was there with a friend and um, uh, uh, we were visiting them and we we're visiting uh, random places. So we'll get to that. But anyway, here, uh, this is what my mother handed to me. So I wanted to uh, remember this Lillian. So I just sent Lillian a uh, me at uh, oh my god, Alex. That's probably about the year you met me, maybe a couple years before that. See, when I yeah. met Alex in high school, I was fourteen, and you were like eighteen or nineteen, I think. I think it was a little later than that. A little but, later yeah, than yeah. that. No, but I knew of Alex because I was like, oh hey, there's one other kind of goth person in New Jer- in Oakland. Yeah, and that was literally it because we were like pretty much the only two goths in Oakland. Yeah, and um. And Alex right here is wearing, I think those are Jinkos. Uh, probably, yeah. And a shirt that just says vampire on Indeed. it. Indeed. And, uh, and long black sleeves under, oh, I'm not seeing a wallet chain. I'm looking for it. No, you know, I wasn't much of the wallet chain person. And uh, dyed black hair, uh, yeah. somewhat long, not ponytail long at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, that's so cute. Rather thin. Nice. I know. No, that's funny because I thought that Alex was like, I was like, oh, well, there's this cool older goth dude. Yeah. That like, I don't know. Because I was like, uh, I was goth by myself in high school. I think you had a kind of a crew or something. I didn't. I no, know. not really. I mean, it was when I was young. There was a couple older guys that mm. I was friends with, but that was about it. It was. I mean, I was pretty much from my my grade and below. I was carrying the carrying the mantle until me. Well, no, well, yeah, no. There was Meg. Well, there was, there was Meg, Meg, which yeah. which I was trying to dodge, and there was a girl named Jackie who was sort of. Kind of gothy, but that was about it. And then, you know, it's basically just guy-wise, it was just me in that school uh, mm. for most of the time I was there. And some other dude, I don't remember. No, I was super intimidated mm. by you when I was, like, really young because I was like, oh, cool. Oh, my God. 
there was I I heard tell because uh, Alex uh, graduated high school the year before I went to high school, so um, it was like there there's I hear tell of one other goth. Yeah. In <laughs> the rumors, you know. The, yeah. And we both ended up here. The elder statesman. Oh, and we were both color. elected. Uh, we were both voted most individual in the yearbook, right? Oh, really? Yeah. I know it was most. Did you get that too? Oh, oh yeah. High awesome. five yeah. across the table. High five, yeah. high five for most individual. Yeah. Um, and we both ended up here. Um, <laughs> so my mother. So my mother sent me this. And, uh-huh. but, but this is. Uh, I bring this for a reason. One. Um, I'll post this on the site. I'll take a picture because I think uh, the audience will laugh at me. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that. But um, um, I was in New Jersey recently mm-hmm. uh, in October. And this is what I, I'm glad this kind of came up. Well, not I'm glad it came up. I made notes to do it. But um, I was driving around and I drove past a diner um, that's kind of by the Wayne Hills Mall. That one that's kind of by that. Oh, there's like right across King the street. George? No, no, not that one. The one's kind of across the street from a place that like was in a train. Oh, whatever that Wayne... place was. Okay. Hills. Diner, My memory of that is the place. That was the first time you and I met. Was, was that the me, Hills you, diner? and Mel went to that diner? Oh, okay. Does this ring a bell at all? I feel like I met you. First of all, the very first time I saw you was very, very briefly in the TNT room, which was the weird kids room. And we were lucky enough that we had a weird kids cafeteria that wasn't really a cafeteria, which is like this room with random couches and shit. In it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so we, uh, yeah, you briefly walked through the weird kids cafeteria when I was a freshman in high school. Which you probably don't remember, and that was like the I first. Wasn't, I wasn't even in. No, it was after you graduated. You were here. For, you were there for some weird reason. I don't oh, know. really? Yeah. Oh, All I right. told you. I was. You were the only other goth kid. It was kind of. Like, oh, I understand. Like and I was dead day. sexy back then. I'm not fucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not away. If I was like a little fucking goth girl, I'd want to fuck me too. But uh... that is so not the direction I was going with that. Shut um... up. Let me romantic. <laughs> Look, I've never been attractive. So at least as, as I grow old, let me fucking pretend. Yeah. I had abs like a cheese grater and a dick like a whatever a baseball bat's called um <laughs> what's the slugger louisville slugger hey look sports thing but um no i was driving by there uh because i was showing some sites around and i was like oh fuck i just had this weird weird memory spring to me i'm like i think that's the first time i met lillian i remember sitting at a table with uh i remember mel introducing us um and then we went there and you had like a you had a toy in your purse um but you don't remember what it was but anyway i was- had a lunchbox instead of a purse at the time, I'm pretty sure I had a Rocky Horror lunchbox. I don't think you had a lunchbox. I think you had. A, you, I think you had either oh. a backpack or a purse. I don't feel it like was, it was a lunchbox. It was either a coffin-shaped backpack or with chains on the side, or it was a. Or it was a lunchbox. That probably sounds more familiar. I think I would have remembered a lunchbox. Okay. Weirdly enough, in that that's the way my life was at that point. That a lunchbox would have stuck out more than a coffin-shaped backpack. Because, <laughs> as you guys will see, as I take this picture and post it to the website, um, well, let's just say. Um, I wore a lot of black and I still do, but, um, <laughs> I really can't distance myself. I thought of it and that's, that reminded me. Mm-hmm. So, um, New Jersey, we're back there, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to go somewhere with that. The first meeting, um, yeah, I got nothing. I can't remember where the hell I was going to go there. We were at the Wayne Hills Diner. Yeah. Which is across the street from a place that. Used to be a family restaurant, but is now called Partners in Research. Oh, that's right, Partners in Research, which is an uber creepy term. Oh yeah, yeah. and I've been there for research stuff, and it's weird because it used to be a family restaurant that had like a a train, um, it had caboose attached to it, and yeah. still has like batting cages and shit. Well, you could when I, remember, when I was a kid, you could you would go in the train. And yeah, eat on you there. could you could eat in the yeah, train, yeah. and they had yeah. an arcade, and it was a really cool place. 
And then it became Partners in Research. Yeah. And I think it still is. I didn't go to that diner last time. I just dro- I just drove by. I was kind of given the like the penny tour. But um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it just popped my head. It was just super weird. But I don't know. I was trying to remember like uh, um, these kind of weird things. So anyway, yeah. Oh, so audience zone. Lily and I knew each other in New Jersey, obviously, as, mm-hmm. as, as we've established. She, she came out here to go to college. And I came out here to visit to see if I would like it um, to go to grad school out here. And then uh, she ended up staying here and I ended up moving here and she ended up, yeah, that. So anyway, we're here after all these years. So there, there, you're all caught up. Yeah, I fell into the Portland um, Neverland bullshit. Yeah, I fell into the I wasn't doing anything with my life after I didn't get into grad school. So I just needed somewhere to go thing. Mm. And yeah, back then rent was cheap here. So I came here. I know. Yeah. The good old days. Yeah. <laughs> like rent was seriously like I like not even kidding. I moved out here uh like about ten years ago, nine, ten years ago, and I I would say that rent has on I on a minimum estimate has doubled since then. Like it is holy shit more expensive. Like I remember looking that probably the average like you like I was like I found a bunch of studios for like four hundred bucks. Oh yeah, like four fifty. Like you know, and it's like in like really good areas, like really mm-hmm. close in. And you know, occasionally be like ah oh, five fifty for a studio. Fuck that. And now it's I mean what seven eight hundred for a studio. Nowadays? Oh, if you're yeah. lucky, um, yeah, yeah. one bedrooms are like twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fucking absurd. Yeah, it is so overpriced. It's, I'm not bitching about the price. It's just one of these um uh things to explain why I moved here because it makes no sense looking at the real estate prices now. But back then, this was like a uh the only place you could ever afford to live you know the good old days everybody needs an apartment even the very tall yes this is the largest apartment i could afford he is a boy who laughs <laughs> let us all point and laugh at him oh the simpsons well i think that was a really good um circle point to end at okay. by circle point i mean circle jerk and by circle jerk i mean circle point mm-hmm. and by circle point I mean, I'm just going to look at Alex with the vampire t-shirt yet again. Mm, just, mm, just kiss him. <laughs> I'll just kiss him. Back when I was, back when I was young and young and happy and, and, and full of vim and vigor and still had hope for the universe. You know, you know, it's, <laughs> you know it's pathetic. Back when I had dyed black hair and wore a wallet chain and had hope for everything. I didn't have a wallet chain. No, you kidding. I know, chain. I know, I know. Um, here's the thing. Mm. Is, is, you know how bad my life is that I remember being a depressed goth and that's when I was happier? Like, holy crap, am I scraping the bottom of every barrel ever. I feel the opposite. I feel like no matter what, at least I'm not in high school anymore. I always have that. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying I want to actually be in high school. I'm just saying uh, my mental state was much stronger back then. Oh, I wasn't. I was crying in my room and listening to the Cure nonstop and just like lighting a bunch of incense and like blasting the Cure and crying in my room alone. Oh, see, that's what I was doing this weekend, except it was Tom Waits. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by my room at my apartment. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, my living situation is a little better, but yeah, <laughs> totally my, my headspace. Here's the problems. When I was young, and you know this about me, I was an arrogant prick that liked making fun of people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be like that anymore, but that's the only way I've ever been happy. So I'm kind of thinking maybe I should just be a jerk. Yeah, that's that's the easy way out, dude. Don't do it. I know, but how long do you really have to suffer doing like doing it doing it the good way? I know being a bad, being a better person is hard, but that's like Yeah, no, no, it's not in the being the better person. It's just there's no reward for it. It's just, oh, I'm a better person and miserable. Mm-hmm. So at Well some that point- was like what my therapist said when she was like, Well, why don't you just hang out with people like 
that you feel are as smart as you and all that. And I was like, I tried that. It was really, really isolating. It was called high school. I hang out. I only hung out with like a handful of people because I thought that everyone else was stupid. And then later I just realized how much of life I missed out on because I was too busy being arrogant and too busy like yeah, but I mean, isolating. I think, I think maybe you've got your story wrong there. Not your story wrong, but your interpretation there. High school is just terrible and every social group's horrible. So there's nothing mm. you could have done about that. It's not like your thought of hanging out with people of your own intelligence was a bad idea. It's just doing anything won't work in high school. It's just I don't anything. know. I probably I feel like I should have like done. I should have drank more and stuff like that. In oh, high no, no, that, that's fine. Like, but that's because you did, <laughs> no, no. But that's what I'm saying. You did it wrong. I hung out with I know, smart I people and I did a shitload of drugs. Like yeah. I did acid and talked about philosophy like for most of my high school years. Like you know, it it can happen. It's mm-hmm. just you know, you didn't do it quite right. So like you could still have hope for that. You could still hang out with smart people and you know. No, and I did hang out with smart people in high school. No, I mean, now, to me yeah, hating, yeah. hating. I hate yeah. smart people now. I'm just saying, You're like, just the opposite. Well, no, I do. Okay, yeah. sorry. I know I do hang out with smart people now. A lot of my friends are really smart. Don't get me wrong, but um, but I've just learned not to self isolate because that becomes this weird snobby yeah. like isolation hole that's not good for anybody. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's certainly not like I spend most of my time alone. Oh, know, man. There's, like, no something. way for me to say that without sounding like a D-bag either. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, I suppose it just what it comes down to is where where your line is. Like, I, I isolate myself too much because, you know, it's just, well, for me, it's more just difficulty trying to find people to hang out with. So that's, like, a little bit different. But um, there's also kind of a level of, like, how much you want to commit to it. So it's, like, one thing to be, like... Um, I need to be social so, you know, you don't hang out with people that are, like, particularly, like, exactly your type. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. force the situation more. That's one thing. And the other is to, like, do that all of the time, that that becomes, like, your norm instead of that being the aberrant thing to get you outside. I just you know? think the older that I get, the more that I realize, and this is going to sound really arrogant and special snowflake bullshit. And I yeah, it's all right. I mean, they, they, all, they already hate you at this point. No, so I know. I'm sure it. I'm, like, yeah. very, very clearly hated. You're, you're but, fucking um, loathed. No, they yeah. loved you last time you were on. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, like, that, um... The the older I get, the more that I'm just kind of okay with the fact that it's kind of hard for me to find people who sync up to everything I like in the way that's congruent to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Because I like a weird interest. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to be like special snowflake bullshit, but that I. That sounds special snowflake. What? That doesn't sound like special snowflake. Well, yeah, I, I just yeah. feel like I have like this, the, 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 my, like I have this intersection of interests and identities and all that. And that. I just, like, have a hard time feeling finding people who have that same intersection. Yeah. And, and I've gotten way better at seeing where my intersections do match up with other people and going off of that and finding those interests and working on that. Yeah. And I'm, like, much, much, much happier for it. Yeah, like, you and I like to sit around, feel superior to people, and talk about The Simpsons. Yeah. And how much this town sucks and that we're better than everybody. We've been doing that since, like... Since, like, 2002, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, it's been the nature for, like, a good over 10 years now. Because <laughs> all for us. You know? here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys, uh, and people that – and guys, gender neutral, because I like that term for everybody. Um, you created this monster. See, I had nice low self-esteem, thought I was an idiot, and um, – and then you get like, no, Alex, you're smart. And you're like, and then you built me up and you built me up. Well, you created this fucking monster. So now you're not allowed to go, oh, look at that arrogant prick. You did this. I was nice and thought I was a bag of garbage and you guys could be better than me. And then you fucking build me up and you expect me not to take it. Uh-huh. This is nonsense. Nonsense is what I say. You know, if you create the monster, you have to deal with it. And they created the monster. Mm. The monster that is me, who's, you know, pretty much 
I do, I, I do, monster. I do, yeah, I do like no harm and really, <laughs> it's not really that much monstrous quality. No, it's, about it's me more of like a, it's, it's like a more of a phantom from the opera kind of thing. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I well, I do have half my face burnt by acid, so there's there's <laughs> that. Um, audience at home, well, I'll take a picture of that too. Um, audience, uh, Lillian found this on the way over. Um, there is a um, a piece of um, glass, I suppose it is, with a purple heart drawn uh, on the inside of it, and it says, "Pick me up," and it's uh, underlined in uh, in a yellow highlighter, exclamatory mark. If you found me, then I was meant for you. This heartstone is to remind you to share love, to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Pass me on to someone else, or keep me for yourself. Whatever you do, please remember the man and remember the dream. Spread kindness on his day, on every day. Now, you just said whatever, didn't you? I did, okay. because I'm about to be a really big douche. Let's just break this down a little bit. No such thing as Martin Luther King Day. Mm? Martin Luther King... Uh, somebody we celebrate. Martin Luther King Jr., however, the guy that's day it is, <laughs> is the one. Um, no, that's really it. I just was annoyed that it didn't you put just the junior wanted, there. You just wanted to be pedantic about the junior. No, I didn't. I wanted to read it, and then I realized there was no junior. I'm like, oh, that actually kind of annoys me, because um, I don't really I know think, a ton I about that's the... that's a cute thing. I think it's like a little cute... That's a cute thing. It made me happy when I found no, it. No, no, it's totally... No, I, I agree with the sentiment. I like it. Um, the, the very little I know about Martin Luther King Jr., I, I actually, I think I agree with him a lot. Like, um, even the shit that people like shit on him for, it's like, you know, secretly he was a communist. It's like, well, yeah, because communism sounds awesome. It just keeps failing. But like, yeah, I got no, I'm not gonna, yeah, good. Oh, good did you hear about the lawsuit that happened about in like, I think it was like 1991. I'm like paraphrasing. Um, they pretty much sued the government for having a role of responsibility in the assassination of MLK and they won. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that MLK's seems... family won that. Um, they, it was only a loss for like $100 because they didn't want like yeah. it, them to be like, oh, MLK wants money. They want money off of this, blah, blah, blah. That they were imp... That seems... That's weird. I'm gonna no, it is weird. Yeah. We can look it up. Like, yeah. I, I, no, I think it's going to take more reading than... Because I don't know much about law. But that sounds like one of those things where that's what it sounds like to us that doesn't know anything about law. And then like a lawyer would be like, no, what the lawsuit no, actually No, I saw was, that like yeah. passing on Tumblr, so yeah, I don't yeah. know how like, you know. No, that sounds like legitimate, but it sounds like one of those things where they sued and won and it sounds like they won for like, oh, now the government's implicated in it. But what they actually sued for was some like niggling point that like we don't understand because we're mm. not lawyers. But it's like one of those like, oh, no, what that actually is was a uh, jurisprudence uh, uh, arbitration thing that happened two months afterwards that they actually didn't announce the court date properly. So they were found, you know, in in whatever of whatever. And by us, we're like, yeah, the government did it. Not 11 truthers. See, the thing about this Hearthstone thing is it's like super adorable and it made me happy and all that. Yeah. But I've been in like this town for so fucking long that it's like, Really worn down my whimsy. Um, with, with yeah, your tolerance. Yeah, yeah. No, this town is kind of whimsical as fuck. I mean, this place is like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, like something like that happens, and like I have this weird knee jerk reaction to be like, oh, "Stupid whimsical bullshit." Yeah. And I, that's not what I want to be. I don't want to be like that. That hard nosed cynical bullshit. I just want to be like, "Oh no, that's just wonderful." Yeah. It's just purely wonderful. All the intentions behind this are wonderful. Like, it just bothers me that that exists in me somewhere. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing. It's a reaction to the popular thing. You know, that's, it's so nice that he responded with cynicism. That's, that's what we were talking about before. I know, that, and I didn't want yeah. to, and I hate that. No, I hate that so much. No, if everything was cynical, you would be the one probably dropping fucking things on the ground trying to, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're naturally people that disagree with the, with the, the current norms. So you're going to find, you know, you're going to find issue with things. 
but not real. But but like, there's a difference between finding real issue and having that just that knee jerk feeling about it, where I'm like, oh yeah, look at this crap, and yeah. I don't really feel that way because I really like it. I just like it really genuinely bothers me that I harbor that that I harbor that in me. Yeah, you know, and the and the and the, all that huge amount of racism. I mean, you should have heard her before the mics came on. <laughs> wow. Oh my I have never heard such a Oh my a god, many. Alex. I mean, there's, some, mom word, listens to there's this. some words I wasn't even aware of. I mean, like every single country in Asia, she's got like three different like oh horrible god. slang Alex, words for, for Alex, each of them. My mom Lily, is going Lily, to this. Lillian's mom, if you're listening, I'm making every <laughs> single word of this up. <laughs> there's obviously your daughter is the least racist person that's ever existed. I'm just trying to end on something incredibly stupid and silly. <laughs> In fact, earlier, where whatever I said horrible, I was also kidding, because I think I said something terrible earlier, I assure you. I think everybody is completely equal, unless you try to infringe on the rights of others. And then I do not find you equal, I find you shitty. Like those goddamn Armenians. Anyway, I'm oh. Alex. <laughs> yeah, so I've been uh, Alex, and uh, Lillian has been whispering. Um, and <laughs> wait, wait, Oh, so Lillian, yeah. um, question for you. I don't know anything about you on the internet. Is there any kind of place do you want people to find you or do just you just want to talk to, on here? Like do you have do you still have like a like a public Twitter or do you have a um uh, a uh, uh, uh Insta thing or like a like a like a candygram or oh, like Oh, you a... can follow me on Instagram, I guess. Yeah, go, uh, I'm trying but... to think of like what's the like the what's what's the thing that I want, that I could have my mom know about. My Instagram is Oh wait, she doesn't know about the one with the No, no about my Tumblr. Um, oh, oh, yeah, oh, good. Good but, thing she doesn't know about that. <laughs> There's many tumblers. Anyway, um, no, you can... No, no, I meant what's on there. Yeah, no, that was the joke. Yeah, like, but, like, like, no, I won't say, like, a blank out, like, blank of cock. I mean, miles of blank. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I just fucked up. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, what are the football, football fields? Of... Anyway, um, anyway, uh, so, um... Oh uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Instagram as uh, Ambi Sinister, which is what it means when you're not right-handed or left-handed. It's what you're, which when you're neither. So it's A M B I N S I N I S T E R. I'm really bad at spelling out loud. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link. Okay. Yeah, that's my I, can't, I can't do the spelling out loud unless I'm looking at others. No, no, I'm really bad at that, yeah. I, and I'm a pretty good speller yeah. for the most part. But yeah, can't spell out loud. Um, yeah, and, uh, you can find me on the internet. Thank you, people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I should probably be more specific. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash alexcast. Uh, I'm at the alexcast on Twitter. Uh, alexcast.com is where you can find everything else. I write books. I have things you should click on. If you buy shit on Amazon, click on the Amazon link, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Buy my books, read the things I've written. And buy my book. Buy my book. Buy my book. Why? All things. <laughs> this is buy, buy my, my book. book. Um, things and such. That's from the critic. So yes, I've been Alex. Um, you have been the audience. And oh, you know what's weird, Lily? Uh, I meant to tell you this. So I was working my lab late one night. Doug got it. And then we saw a thing of a terrible fright, and we saw the mask. You know, and it was the monster mask. Ah, oh, Doug got it. It was a graveyard smash. I have no idea how we're going to gracefully exit out of this. Um, I don't know how we do this. Right, I guess I'll... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade. Check this out, audience. I'm fading.